Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thursday afternoon, and welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book, the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more about them online at pearlriverresort.com. The C Spire text line is open to you, as always, at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Online, find them at cspire.com slash business. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. We are glad to be with you. Fun being in New Albany yesterday to kick off the Tallahatchie River Fest weekend, and uh, hope you made it to the very end with us. Even after a uh, quick venue change because of uh, a rainstorm that popped up, uh, really fun visit with Eli Whiteside, uh, New Albany native and uh Former big leaguer, two-time World Series champion, caught a no-hitter. Some fun stories with him. If you missed any of that, you can get it via the podcast, which is available wherever you download your podcasts. So the college football weekend starts tonight, kind of. This is not your Thursday night that people are just like, ooh, can't wait for this one. Georgia State is off to a 3-0 and start. And after losing to UCLA on the West Coast, Coastal Carolina has won two games in a row. That game is uh, in Conway, just up the road from Myrtle Beach at Brooks Stadium tonight. So you got Georgia State and Coastal Carolina on ESPN at 6.30. I wonder if that's the game that Dan Mullen thought he would be calling when he signed up to uh, do Thursday Night Football on ESPN. On the surf there. turf. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, probably not. He, he was on Memphis and Navy probably last not. Thursday night. You remember how big a deal <laughs> Thursday night used to be? Those were fun. Yeah, yeah. Other than the NFL decided they wanted it, and so now you get these kind of games. And instead we get uh, Tim Brando calling Purdue and somebody tomorrow instead. Tomorrow night, yeah. Yeah, yeah we've got Wisconsin and Purdue tomorrow night. Actually, Ooh. a decent slate of games tomorrow night. Wisconsin at Purdue on FS1. That's at least a couple of name brands. NC State at Virginia. Virginia off to an 0-3 start. Boise State is at San Diego State, and Air Force is at San Jose State. The good news is Saturday's slate is unbelievable. Saturday is outloaded. Standing. 
And you've Absolutely. got NFL football tonight. As Haydad mentioned just a second ago, the New York football giants who uh, got beat, what, 40 to nothing in their opener against the Cowboys. And after <laughs> six quarters of football in weeks one and the first half of week two, they trailed by a combined 60 to nothing. They were done 20 to nothing at, uh, at halftime this past week and They're stormed. Stinky. Oh, well, they stormed all the way back. But they're stinky. They're going to get smoked tonight. Probably so. Um, who did the Giants play last week? Was it Arizona? Yeah, they were at Arizona. They were down 20 to nothing at the half. They came back and won the game uh, 31 to 28. Dan Jones ended up having a, uh, Daniel Jones ended up having a pretty good, pretty good day. Threw for over 300 yards. The, the Cardinals are trying to lose on purpose. This is how stupid that we talk about this so often, where, Teams just feel like they have to pay their quarterback just because he's next. The Cardinals gave Kyler Murray $160 million after they had to mandate he study four hours of film a week. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to do that. They didn't want to do that, but they just did it because you have to. Now they're intentionally losing to draft Caleb Williams. Why didn't you just skip the middle part? Who, by the way, his dad said, you know, we'll see how it goes. NIL's a good thing. If we don't yeah, like right. the situation at the uh, top of the draft, we'll yeah. come back to college for another year. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah, of all the things that people... Like, WNBA is going to have an issue getting stars to leave college. I mean, they already it already happened, right? Uh, LSU kept a player who's getting paid more than what she would get paid in the, in the WNBA. That's a real thing. That's going to affect women's basketball and benefit women's college basketball because the stars are going to stick around. That's a good thing. There will never, and I mean never, be college money for a first-round pick that will outweigh NFL money. Ever. That'll never happen. Ever. And I, and no, I mean but, that. But there is enough money to make it worth Caleb Williams' while if he decided. I mean, are, would you be shocked if he decided to come back if Southern Cal figured out a way to pay him $2 million? Absolutely. $2 million versus what you get in the NFL? You, you get, he, he say, get no, 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 $10 no, no, million no, no, in endorsements alone. You, you missed what I said. I didn't say would you be shocked if he came back. I said would you be shocked if he decided to come back if Southern Cal put together a $2 million NIL deal for him. Yes. Also, yes. Why? Because you would get paid ten times that in two years in the NFL. I think we're having a comprehension issue. That's not what I'm asking. I'm saying if he came back, would it surprise you if Southern Cal figured out a way to pay him a couple of million dollars? Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, I completely get it. Possibly even more than that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. Um, But that's, uh, that's a ways off. And we do have Giants 49ers tonight. Niners... Are they the best team in the NFL? Yeah. I mean, it's it's two weeks in, so I'm 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 sort of loath to just jump into that, but they're very very good. Yeah. Um, what was that somebody, look? I, I, no, no, it was your voice. Oh, I got a. Uh, hold on. Here. Did you? They, they, they are here. Looks to me the like you hung out, or sounds to me like you hung out in the parking lot, <laughs> sheafing on some reds before we got going today. Got it down here, kind of gravelly. Yeah, yeah just yeah. Tis the, the season, right? To, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, the last First time, time all year, though. So the last time this happened to you, you kind of started out talking like this, and then it turned into a coughing thing, and you were sick for like six weeks. Yeah, so let's hope that doesn't happen. Listen, uh, yeah, just just munch on the uh, on the cough drops. I you saw might, somebody tweet. Might want to get something a, a little stronger. You know, a shot. Usually they put it like you know right below your belt on your rear end. That'll actually help you. Cough drops will just kind well, of I'm mask gonna, it gonna, for an I'm hour. Gonna, I'm going to try to get through today, and if I don't feel better tomorrow, I'll go get a shot. That's what I normally do. Got to get that early so you can go to bed. Yeah. If you, you get a, you get a steroid shot late in the afternoon, you see you tomorrow as far as going to sleep. Yeah, it's a bit of a uh, – and when you do sleep, it's a little little restless. Um, i try this third time. So somebody tweet this, and I thought it was kind of interesting that the 49ers are the best team in the NFL, but the Miami Dolphins are the most fun. I can agree with that. That's that's a fair assessment. The Dolphins are a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, Dolphins have been they've been good. They're the most the college team in the NFL. Yeah, they are. College offense, they're not particularly good on the other side of the ball either. They give up a lot too, so they they play high scoring games. I mean, San Francisco would be the reigning Super Bowl champion had Brock Purdy not gotten hurt. Uh, this is just a continuation of of special play and and just the weapons they have. It's almost unfair. I mean, in a salary capped league, it does not make sense that they have amassed what they have on offense. It really doesn't. It helps that you have a, a rookie quarterback on on a rookie contract, but still, uh, I mean. Shanahan's creative play calling paired with the weapons that they have, paired with defense. And, I mean, I don't think they're going undefeated because that's basically impossible in this league. But, man, if they go 15-2, and two, I wouldn't at all be surprised. I would expect it almost. Yeah, and, and Brock Purdy's been solid. I mean, people have gone with the whole system label and, you know, Mr. Irrelevant and all that good stuff. And all they've done is... Uh, beat the Steelers thirty to seven, and then beat a pretty good Rams team thirty to twenty three in the first two weeks, and now we get a third look at them against the uh, the Giants. Uh, I mean, what's so wrong with a system quarterback if the system is brilliant, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's one of the most efficient offenses that the sport has seen, and so if he just operates the system, that he's going to be an extremely efficient quarterback. I don't know. It just kind of sounds like a pretty nice life to me. It's not all bad. Uh, certainly uh, not bad. And Brock Purdy, if he plays like this for another couple of years, then he will be a very, very, very wealthy man, uh, regardless of uh, where he heard his name call on uh, called on draft weekend. By NFL standards, the line is pretty big tonight. San Francisco is an 11-point favorite. That is a large Oof. number in the NFL. That's the big biggest line, number yeah. we've seen, but that's a big number. Two-score game. Uh, when so many games are uh, are close, are, are you... you got two bigger ones this weekend, ever so slightly. Uh, the Dax Cowboys and the tanking Cardinals, 12.5, and, and then the Chicago Bears are only getting 13 in Arrowhead. That feels like a steal with chaos going the, on the there. The fans don't show up and arrest all of them. Yeah. Could happen. Justin Fields at a press conference said that he's playing poorly because of coaching and then two hours later had to walk that back? You know, he gave a long answer to a question and then he kind of got pressed on it a little bit and that's when he got himself <clears throat> into trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, they, he, he talked about getting to a place where he's thinking more freely and not being so mechanical. He's like, I've got to spend all the time prepping during the week and then just kind of let it fly on game day. And somebody said, you know, why is it that, that you think you're not playing freely on game day? And he's like, 
you know, coaching. It was it was maybe a little more innocuous than people wanted yeah. to make it actually, but he said it, and then they had a coach that uh, had his home invaded uh, shortly by, by federal agents shortly thereafter. Uh, we'll look at the rest of the NFL schedule coming up next. The friggin' wax out of here. Did you hear me? This is Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Cowboys are playing the Cardinals on Sunday in Arizona. We mentioned that before the break. Cowboys are 2-0. Cardinals are 0-2. Dallas is a 12-and-a-half point favorite. But the first real piece of adversity hits the Cowboys today. Trayvon Diggs is out, I assume, for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. It happened in practice today. Cowboys feared that was the injury. They got an MRI, and according to Adam Schefter, have confirmed his tweet, MRI confirmed the Cowboys' belief per source. Trayvon Diggs suffered a torn ACL during today's practice. Nice. And that's, that's a tough break for the, uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Very, very difficult because, I mean, they've been playing. So when you're playing at the level they are, I know it's only two weeks again. I keep coming back to that. But you talk about you don't want anything anything to throw you off, and that's a big, that's a big blow to their defense. Yeah. Now Micah Parsons has to cover the passes and sack the quarterback. I don't know how he's going to do it. But if anybody can, it's him. If, if anybody can figure out a way, he is uh, he is your yeah. guy. All right, here's the uh, the Sunday slate. Giants and Niners coming up tonight. Sunday you got uh, the Titans in Cleveland to take on the Browns, pair of one-and-one one teams. Cleveland is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Also in the noon window, Falcons and Lions in Detroit. Both, uh, I'm sorry, Falcons off to a 2-0 start. The uh, the Lions are one and one on the year. Detroit favored by three in uh, in this ball game. Saints at Packers. Green Bay's a one and a half point favorite. Saints have won both of their games, both close, both relatively low scoring. Packers are one and one on the year. Won their uh, their season opener against Chicago, thirty eight to twenty. Had a one point loss in Atlanta to the Falcons, twenty five twenty four this past weekend. So. Scores of previous games don't necessarily matter, but if you look at the way the Saints have won 16-15 over the Titans in Week 1, field goal win over Carolina in Week 2, this is a, a bigger test. That's a, a tough road environment. You're glad to be doing it in September and not December. Uh, weather certainly won't be the factor that it, it could be. You are still playing a young quarterback with limited experience, and I mean, is there any debate that this is the best defense that um, Love has seen so far? Like, no debate, right? This is the be- this is the best defense in the NFL. So, yeah, there's there's no debating that. I mean, the Falcons are pretty good. Yeah, not like this though. Um, but no Marcus May for the next three games. So, so that is something. Yeah, JT Gray's probably going to get a lot of run uh, now uh, in the secondary, as opposed to just special teams where he flourishes. Uh, but uh, you'll probably see more of him uh, playing on the actual defense uh, over the next three weeks as a result. But it's interesting, man. It's This defense is really good. Again, 10 consecutive games giving up fewer than 21 points. 
It took until they were playing prevent with a minute left in the fourth quarter of the second game to give up a touchdown this year. And they are really, really good. But this is still the 2023 version of football, and even great defenses give up points sometimes. And so can this offense and Derek Carr and Kendra Miller is going to play this week, and that's good. Kamara will be back next week. That'll help. But can they get going when the game begins? Because Derek Carr's fourth quarter numbers are exceptional. If you look at him just in the fourth quarter, the first two weeks, he's like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Why does it take so long? Because one of these games, you're going to dig yourself into a hole that you can't get out of. Your defense isn't going to be perfect for 17 games. And so that's that's kind of what I'm worried about is these slow starts on offense. One game, They're just going to run into a situation one day where Marshawn Lattimore slips and gives up a long touchdown, and then you're it's seven to nothing, and then you go three and out, and then a guy breaks a run on the interior, and then they kick a field goal, and now suddenly you're down ten to nothing, and you still can't move the football, and then it's too late by the time you get good. So can this week be the week where you start the game moving the football, as opposed to just ending the game moving the football? Packers defense, when you think about what they've done in the uh, the first couple of weeks, I mean, does that give you hope that um, that that can be the case? It's certainly a drop-off when it comes to pass rush. I mean, Derek Carr's time to throw is one of the worst in the league in first two games. One of the worst. I mean, he's had no time, and it's most especially because of the left side of the offensive line. But both Carolina and Tennessee have guys up front that Green Bay doesn't. And so maybe that will help alleviate some of the issues. It's it's all downhill from here in terms of defensive lines that they play. I mean, Tennessee's legit, and Carolina, that's their strength. I mean, that's the, the best part of their team is uh, is that. So hopefully, but even Trevor Penning still, man, your left tackle is just any stunt. It's like he's never seen it before. and It's really weird. It's really weird to watch like how, how poor – they are at pass blocking. And, of course, I, I, the run blocking, I'm, I'm willing to say that, that they're missing the talent there. When Kamara comes back, it'll probably look different. But I, I think that, yeah, if you said what's the biggest roadblock to the Saints getting into the playoffs, it's the way their offensive line has played through the first couple of weeks. Because, I mean, never mind that it, it's going to be difficult to move the ball. It's going to be difficult, difficult to keep your quarterback healthy, taking some of the hits that he's taken. Trevor Penning was thought so highly of uh, coming out of northern Iowa. But he was also described as raw. Like, he was a mauler, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. but very raw. And that is it's kind of showing up in, in year two. Was he better last year than he has been so far this year? Got hurt, remember. Hey, he, bat- he battled injuries all year, yeah. That's right. I think he only had one start, and it was week 17 or, or, or something. So, yeah, I mean, it's still like he's basically so like a rookie. rookie year. Yeah. And, and I've heard people describe it as, you know, the NFL finds great players at every level. I mean, Rashid Shaheed played at Weber State. Uh, the, the Saints last year, had their kick returner was from Assumption College, a real place. Um, he's since moved on from the team, but they'll find you. But the transition... You think it was a real place? I, I just assume. Well, that's a heck of a... That's a heck of a... Assumption. Assumption. Um, nailed it. You're such a dad. But... They've talked about the transition for a t- an offensive tackle 
going from who Northern Iowa plays every week to the NFL is a heck of a lot more difficult than a guy that played left tackle in the SEC where you're going up against guys that are going to play in the NFL every week. Like, there's a chance that Trevor Penning in college never blocked an NFL player. Yeah. And in the SEC, you do it eight times a year. And and one of the cool things about the NFL is that, to your point, they find talented guys, right? It doesn't matter where they are. They find them. And you got a bunch of guys that went to places like Northern Iowa or Assumption College in the NFL. That trend is about to slow down. I'm not saying it won't ever happen. There, There will still be some guys out there, some diamonds in the rough. But with the transfer portal, what it is, I don't know that you're going to have that many NFL-type caliber players that stay put even if they start at Southeastern Missouri State or Norfolk State or wherever because Power 5 schools, SEC schools, etc., are doing the same thing that the NFL has done. They are scouring those smaller schools to see guys that they think can make the transition and then making it worth their while to move up. That'd be a little bit of a bummer to uh, to see that piece of, of the NFL go, oh, you can realize your dreams and it doesn't matter where you come, uh, fr- from where you come. So I, I think that trend becomes less and less over the, uh, the coming seasons. Broncos at Dolphins. Broncos 0-2 on the year. Dolphins off to the 2-0 start, coming off the win against New England. Two has been pretty good, 715 yards and four touchdowns with a couple of picks through the uh, first two games of the year. The Chargers are at the Vikings, a battle of 0-2s. And for all the hate that he gets, and goodness knows Kirk Cousins gets a lot of hate, based on what, I'm not sure, I guess the fact that he's a really good regular season quarterback and that regular season success has not translated to the playoffs, but it is not Kirk Cousins' fault that Minnesota is 0-2. He has thrown for 708 yards and six touchdowns with just one interception in the first two games. Meanwhile, that Minnesota defense has given up 20 to the Bucks and 34 to the Eagles. Defense kind of not really holding up their end of the bargain. So uh, I, I don't think I can stand for any Kirk Cousins slander today. Nor should yeah. you. He's just, I mean, bottom line, he's been good. Yeah. He's been good. Um, I, Dan Patrick actually ranted about that, and, and I thought he was spot on about why do people hate Kirk Cousins? He gets so much hate. Why? Because society tends to hate, like, the most successful person, just regardless. The guy that gets an A on a test gets crap in school because, oh, you nerd, when really it's just everybody that's jealous. Kirk's not the best quarterback in the NFL. So you said that so easily, it makes me think you said it a lot in high school. <laughs> you 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 were you were going after the nerds. You said that with just like, you nerd. You had it locked in the chamber. Uh, but he's not the Michael best. Michael Borky, high school bully. So he doesn't get haters because he wins. And he he's like a good down home, like good old American guy that, that's really nice and like good with the media and good in the community and has a, a beautiful family. It's like, why do people hate this guy? It doesn't and make he's sense. he's put together a heck of a career. I mean, he's got 144 games played with nearly 40,000 yards and well over a 2-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Ryan Brown will join us next. We'll talk some college football. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Richard is having uh, technical no, difficulties. No, we're good. Which we're good. Just... Be quiet. We're good? No, we're not good. He we were just nervous. Be quiet. We're good. And, and you said we weren't good. good. I, I was about to be the you, hero. You made the face. I was going to be the, the hero. I saved the day. I reset everything. Wow. I had it perfectly in time. I had 25 seconds to get this show back on the air, and I did it, and you ruined it, and nobody would have noticed. How dare you? Right, we'll get over Mississippi. It. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest <laughs> line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Ryan Brown joins us from the next round live. Always good to uh, catch up with our friend. There are a few people I know that love golf as much as uh, as Ryan Brown does. <laughs> My guess is his golf game is not getting a lot of work these days because there is a lot going on in uh, in your world. What's up, buddy? I get to play every Wednesday. Uh, that's my day now. So, you know, instead of like three, four days a week, I just carve out time every Wednesday afternoon. And uh, it is what it is now, man. When you play once a week, you lose a little bit of an edge. But the weather's okay. getting nice, so I just enjoy being out there. No doubt. No doubt about that. So let's jump in. we got a, a big one on Saturday with Ole Miss and, uh, and Alabama. And uh, this game has not been without its buildup, thanks to uh, a little – I don't even know if it's fair to call it back and forth because you've got – you got Lane doing some Twitter stuff and kind of throwing some things out there via the media. Nick Saban kind of responding. Neither of them really talking directly to each other. I suppose that is how things are done. Kind of an entertaining build up to what could be a pretty good game. Yeah, I mean, I think it will be. Uh, it has potential to be a good game. I don't. I don't guess I should say will be, but it certainly has that potential. I, I think it is obvious that Lane knows what uh, the little prods he can make that frustrate Nick Saban. And when you start talking about decisions that he has made on his coaching staff that he has not made public, uh, whether true or not, I'm not saying that was true. What Lane said about Kevin still calling the plays or not calling the plays, uh, but when you start doing stuff like that from inside the building that Nick Saban hasn't announced, that is going to bug him when you insinuate that um, the information came from in his, inside the building to people inside the Ole Miss building. That's going to more than frustrate Nick Saban. Um, when you insinuate that uh, the kingdom is crumbling with Le- Taylor Swift lyrics, Nick Saban probably doesn't know those lyrics. But those those he knows how to needle Nick Saban. There's no doubt that he worked long enough for Saban that he knows what bothers him. So... I've seen a lot of content this week that originates from various members of people who either cover Alabama or talk about Alabama a lot. And I understand how fans react to stuff. But I've been a little surprised to see some of the media. It's like there's some people who are either frustrated with Lane or it comes across like they're mad at Lane. It's been kind of a weird vibe to go along with the fact that this is an Alabama team that's got a whole lot more question marks than any one in the last decade or so. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, as a member of the media that is doing a um, number of daily shows here in the state of Alabama, there's not yeah. one piece of me that is upset with Lane Kiffin doing this. In fact, uh, I welcome <laughs> it. Uh, I would say, I would say, do all you want. Um, I, I will say it is interesting that Lane has has done this. He's he's had a couple things around the Alabama game. You know, the whole get your popcorn ready, things like that, and has he's never really been able to back it up. And at some point, you know. Um, until he backs it up, it's just, it's kind of funny. Now, once he backs it up, if that ever happens, Alabama fans, they're probably going to have a different reaction right now. But sure. at this point, Alabama fans probably think you can run your mouth all you want. You've, you've never beaten Nick Saban in Alabama. You're the one prominent former assistant that has never done that. Sark has now done it. Kirby has done it. Jimbo Fisher has done it. And uh, Lane has not. And uh, Alabama fans, you know, will always probably hold that over his head a little bit. And until he's able to do it. So, Ryan, I, I think there's an interesting dynamic here. Um, this game means a lot to Lane Kiffin. There's no question about that. Yeah. And, and I thought the get your popcorn ready was kind of like a, like a nervous comment almost. I thought mm-hmm. last year that Lane coached that game straight up because Ole Miss played themselves out of the game in Tuscaloosa two years very, very early with all the go-for-it on yep. fourth downs. And, and then the game kind of settled in after that. I mean, Ole Miss had a shot into the end zone in the last play of the game last year to to, to win the ball game, and I thought Ole Miss played it straight up. But then I saw how deflating it was for that team, and, and I think the coaching staff following not getting it done. And and then you get to this year, and, and, and I don't know what you're going to get. I, I don't know what the attitude of the coaching staff or the team is going in. I am curious if the fear factor – that once existed with playing Alabama has lessened. Yeah. You know, you don't know what you're going to get, I think, on either side of this game. I'm with you. And, and, and I will say you're absolutely right about last year. Uh, without Bryce Young, and you, Bryce Young was in the game, but yeah, without Bryce good. Young, they win that game. No yeah, he's good. He saved that game for Alabama last year. And Ole Miss had every opportunity. Now, you can look back two years ago to the Get Your Popcorn Ready game, and you're right. I guess in one sense it was a strategy maybe you had to have to convince your team you could win the game. But once it didn't work on that first drive, you're climbing out a hole the rest of the game. And I think it ended up being 35 to nothing before Ole Miss ever scored. 42-21 final. So, you know, those are two totally different games. You're absolutely right. But if you don't, if you think you don't know what you're going to get out of Ole Miss, um, Alabama, I would submit to you, Richard, is even in, in worse shape of you don't know what you're going to get. Because now you've got a quarterback that you started for two games. You took the starting job away from him to see if there was anybody that happens to be better than him. Nobody was. And now you're about to go back to him as the starter. I don't know that anybody knows how Jalen Milrow is going to react to that. You know, ironically, the same thing to a certain extent happened back in 2014 when Lane Kiffin, of all people, um, wasn't necessarily pleased with Jake Coker as the starter. He wanted to see Cooper Bateman convince Saban to make the move. It was a disaster starting Bateman. Uh, Ole Miss wins that game of Brian Denny. Coker then takes over and leads Alabama to a national championship. Now, yeah. you know, I don't know that anybody expects. Yeah, I'm sorry, 15. You're right. You're right. Good correction there. 14 was the game uh, Bo Wallace uh, led the yeah. victory to in, in, in uh, Oxford. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know that anybody thinks Milrow is going to lead Alabama to a national championship right now, uh, rightfully so. But, I mean, I think people are curious as to what his response is. Jake Coker's response was very good. It was. Uh, what will Jalen Milrose be? It is a huge mystery. We won't know until Saturday. 
And the response for Coker started that night because when he came into the game, he yep. played he played really well that night. By the way, I wasn't correcting you out of being ugly. The fact is, Ole Miss has only won twice ever in Tuscaloosa, so I vividly remember the years yep. that it's actually happened. Um, yeah. Nineteen eighty eight was the other one. Alabama, by the way, in nineteen eighty eight, uh fun fact, Alabama did not complete a forward pass that day. And Bryant Denny Stadium was homecoming and Ole Miss, that was Ole Miss's only other win. And I yeah. think the only time Alabama's played a home game where they didn't complete a forward pass. So that was a, a pretty dark day for Alabama football. And that was the brick through the office window of Bill Curry after the fact. And I'm told, and, and I, right. I have not ever fact-checked this myself, but I, I've been told, and so I have just it's such a great line, I've perpetuated it through the years, is that that was the day that they were dedicating the Bear Bryant Museum, and then there was a rededication of that museum because they said you can't dedicate the museum on a day with a loss. Um, yeah, that's entirely possible. I, I don't know that to be factual, but I would not be we'll surprised. It. it was homecoming. I do remember that. I do remember that. It's a good story. You ought to keep telling it. No, I don't think anybody's going to correct you. I've lived here my whole life, and I've never heard anything that would contradict that. So I would keep telling the story. I thought you were going to use the old joke of you knew it wasn't a quarterback because they hit the right window. Uh, so I thought that's where you were going with that. <laughs> I, I've heard that one uh, a time or two as yeah. well. Um, is the issue quarterback or is the issue offensive line? Well, I mean, I think there's there's both, yes. Uh, but I think offensive line is the biggest issue. And it's why you have to go with Milrow because you can't protect whoever is back there right now. They don't they don't block well. The left tackle has been an issue. Caden Proctor is young. He was supposed to be a stud. Uh, maybe he will be one day. But right now in pass protection, he's not very good. Uh, your backs don't pick up the blitz uh, or the pass rush very well. So, you know, that complicates it. Um, you may not be great across the board tied in and helping block on that side that complicates it so you know when all those things are a factor you have to look at it and say okay we're going to go with a guy that that can get us out of those situations well that's obviously Milrow with his ability to run and he's had to do a lot of that the one thing that has been criticized for Tommy Reese among other things is that he hasn't had a lot of designed runs for Jalen Milrow that most of Milrow's runs are protection breaks down and he has to bail and so feel like that you know you'll be interested to see you do feel like or don't feel like? Yeah, I said, don't you feel like that changes this Saturday? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you've got to do it, Richard, because if you've got designed runs, it's going to do a lot of things. Number one, it's going to it's going to pull safeties closer to the line, which will open up the deep ball, which is Milrow's best throw. No doubt. Uh, it's going to help your, tradi- your traditional run game with Roy Dale Williams and Jace McClellan, which has been pretty good. It's going to mask your biggest deficiency, which is your inability to pass block. Um, it's going to slow down the pass rush because now you got a quarterback that's running. I, I think it fixes a lot of things if you just embrace it and go with it. The time is always too short. We always appreciate yours, Ryan Brown. Great catching up, and we'll talk soon. All right, boys. Y'all be good. Good talking with you. You as well. Ryan Brown joining us from the next round live on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We will continue that conversation. When we come back, Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station.
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. So some interesting stuff with uh, with Ryan Brown. The quarterback situation at Alabama is, is fascinating. So w- when you think about the things that Nick Saban said leading up to the start of the season about determining a quarterback, you, you remember what his, his consistent refrain was about who was going to play? He kept saying, we're going to play the guy that practices the best, that gives us the best chance to win. And so they were evaluating all of the practices, the summer workouts, and everything through camp going up to the season opener to decide who was going to be the starter. And then he was quick to say, but this isn't a permanent decision. This is a game-by-game decision until we make it a permanent decision. So Jalen Milrow, if you take Nick Saban at his word, practiced the best, looked like he gave the chance that the team the best chance to win through all of camp, leading up to week one, after week one, leading into week two. And he made some really good plays against Texas. Nick Saban did say he was contemplating removing him from the game, and then Alabama made a great drive and he made a really good throw, and he decided to stick with it. So does that mean that Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson were significantly better than Milrow, who had started the first two games, in practice leading to the South Florida game? Or does it mean what Ryan said a second ago, where they just wanted to see if they had a better option, and so they decided to stick those guys in a game? And and clearly they didn't have a better option. <laughs> And so you come back to Jalen Milrow after benching him following the first two games as the starter. I have no idea what that does for a guy's confidence. Yeah. I don't know what it does in terms of trust. Probably not great. But doesn't it feel like it? You're like, we settled for you, Jalen. Yeah. The other two guys. I mean, you're not great, but those other two guys, yeah, you're better than them at least. It's a skinnier than hey dad comment. I mean, that's certainly how we would look at it. But I, what I'm really curious about is, one, how Jalen Milrow looks at it and how Nick Saban and or Tommy Reese, or maybe I should say Tommy Reese and or Nick Saban, sold that to Jalen Milrow. I mean, do they call him in and say, look, we owed it to the team to show them in a game situation that you are the best option. Everybody on this team believes that you are the best quarterback. Now go prove it in games. I mean, that's how you sell it to him, right? Yeah. You could even even go so far if your statement is like, look, I knew they couldn't do it. I knew you were the guy. I just had to show the team that you were the guy. And we did that. Now let's go out there and win. There's people, though, that cover that program that have talked about how the team hated that decision to the point where some were questioning if the poor play last Saturday was a direct reflection of essentially mutiny. That the team thinks that Milrow's their guy. You know, we talked about this with with Jackson Dart. Even though, as Richard likes to remind people, we've been saying since April it was always going to be Jackson Dart. It was always his team. But the team knew that it was his team. And if Lane would have played games with this into the season, 
it would have created some internal strife in the locker room because they all gravitated towards their guy. Now, it's all nobody's in the locker room, but you know, people that cover the team have said there's there's rumblings that the team did not like how that was handled and showed up uninspired as a result because their guy, they felt like their guy was getting dealt a bad hand. And that that may not be true at all. It may not be. But if I'm left guard and I know who my quarterback is and the coaches for some reason after one loss decide they're going to play the guys that are worse, it makes me feel weird, uncomfortable, questioning things at a bare minimum. The team picks their quarterback. They, they always do. They know who the, gives them the best chance to win. If you're putting somebody out there that doesn't, it might cause issues. Yeah. Maybe. But you know what? I, I kind of take all of this and I set it to the side. Oh, Alabama's got quarterback issues. Oh, Alabama's got offensive line issues. Oh, Lane Kiffin's saying this and he's tweeting that and Castle's crumbling and Taylor Swift and – uh, Kevin Steele and Nick Saban respond like all of that stuff is great, but I think it's going to be the team that plays the best on Saturday that wins, and I don't think any of this stuff leading into the game is going to make a difference. Now, Alabama quarterback play and offensive line play is going to make a difference, but it's not going to be based on how the team felt about Buckner and. Simpson playing in front of Milrow last week. I, I don't think. I think they turn it loose this week and say, this is our best shot. And it changes because it's SEC play. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. be with you on this Thursday afternoon, getting closer to the weekend, 21st of September, alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. You want to be a part of the conversation? Love for you to join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Connect and protect. That's the plan from Ceasefire that gives you peace of mind as a parent but also gives your kids what they're looking for, the phone they want, the protection you need. Take care of your kids online and with their phones with the Connect and Protect plan from Seaspire. Learn more at cspire.com. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, home of the Golden Moon Casino. Great poker tournaments, great table games, tons of slot machines. Learn more about pearlriverresort.com and be sure to visit them when you can get there. With uh, with Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. So let, let's pick up the, the conversation about Ole Miss and Alabama. We'll get to two questions tomorrow. But when, when you think about this matchup, and, and let's do it from both perspectives, let's start from, let's start from the Ole Miss perspective. What's important in, in this game? Based on what you've seen from Alabama through three games, 
what you've seen from Ole Miss through the first three games, what's important? What has to happen that gives Ole Miss a great feeling on Saturday night at like 6.30? They have to continue to get pressure with just four. And as Ryan mentioned, Alabama's shown a propensity of giving up pressures and sacks. It's, I mean, even Middle Tennessee exposed that. It was not a last-week thing. It's a three-week thing with them. And believe it or not, despite the narratives going into the season, Ole Miss has been highly productive on the defensive line in generating sacks and quarterback pressures. They're, again, things will change as the season goes on, of course. LSU's played... I mean, two, they played an SEC game, they played Florida State. So their stats are a little bit skewed. But Ole Miss is among the best in the SEC in production in terms of getting to the quarterback and getting the quarterback down and tackles for loss and things like that. Um, Price of poker goes up. But if they are able to, if Johnson and Ivy and Pegues and Ukwu and these guys can continue to get pressure without having to bring extra guys and leave running lanes in the middle of the field because you have to get pressure, but if Milrow escapes that pressure, you leave nothing but green grass. If they can get home with four and allow the linebackers to essentially spy and protect those running lanes for Milrow, I don't think he's consistent enough to beat you. So if they can do that, then they have a really good chance at least at making Milrow beat them with 12 play drives, which, again, I don't think he's capable of, as opposed to long run, broken coverage, touchdown pass, they go up 7 nothing early, that kind of stuff. Hey, Dad, who does Jalen Milrow remind you of? That's a good question. He's, he's, a, he's a good enough passer that I'm not going to say Chris Ralph. He's a better passer than that. Um, runner too, isn't he? He's a different kind of runner. He's more of a. He's got more speed. Ralph was more of a power runner, right? Um, I mean, could he be like the homeless man's Lamar Jackson? Like he's 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 got some of that skill set. He's got some of that skill set, but he's not. As, he's not as good an athlete, and he's not as good a quarterback as Lamar. But he's got some some potential there. I mean, he looks a lot like Jalen Hurts did when he first started, to be honest with you. There's something to that. Yeah. I mean, so one of the things that has impressed me with Jalen Milrow, beyond him throwing the dip, deep ball, if you watched either of the first two weeks for Alabama, I felt like he spent more time like bending over and reaching out to the side and reaching up high because the snaps were all over the place. I wasn't able to watch closely enough last week to, to know if they corrected that. But despite that, I felt like he didn't panic. He wasn't nervous back there. And to me, that's... You know, bad snap, pressure coming, no worries. I'm enough of an athlete to get outside and then goes and makes a play with his feet. And he looked really good doing that against Middle Tennessee. He he didn't have as much success running the ball, though, against Texas, right? 
I mean, he had a couple of beautiful throws down the field. I don't remember a bunch of big runs for him, though. I would pull up their box score from, from that game because I don't remember what his numbers were on the ground. But, but I don't remember that being as big a part of what he did against Texas. Incredibly athletic. Let's see. Um, 15 carries for 44 yards, but he was sacked five times. Texas got pressure on him. Mm-hmm. In Texas, they are extremely talented on that side of the ball. I think if you ask Pete Golding privately, would you trade their guys for yours, he would say yes. Uh, so can Ole Miss be maybe not as productive, but can they still produce? I think that answer is yes. But how productive can they actually be will be the, the X factor in that. And how can you contain him? I mean, yeah, people have asked me all week about, well, who's going to spy him? Well, probably nobody. The, the, the concept of just putting Centarian Perkins on the field and just you just do whatever Milrow does, does doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's, it's a little more complex than that. But that's the X factor in the game is can you – can you do what Texas did? Can you do what Middle Tennessee did? Can you do what South Florida did and get to the quarterback? Yeah. What should scare you, I think, though, is the two coverage bus against Georgia Tech, though. That that should scare you a little bit. Prince has been really good. Saunders has been good. Uh, they, they've, they've been good in the secondary, but, man, those were two really egregious coverage busts. And you're not beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa. If and the you fact are... that the guy dropped the ball but they gave him credit for a catch doesn't matter. You know, Richard. It, it, the, the coverage was still busted. The coverage was still busted. It was a little underthrown, but it, it took them like three plays to give us a replay of that on television. Yeah, it bounced in his hands. I mean, if, if you're an official and the receiver gets up, and the second he gets up, he's like, hurry, 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 hurry. He dropped the ball. <laughs> he dropped the ball. They didn't right. even stop it. But yes. Those were two scary plays. You can't do that and win on Saturday. Hey, Dad, what is the rushing number that Ole Miss needs to feel like, okay, they got enough done on the ground to give them a chance to have to, to, to make Alabama respect their run game and therefore give Jackson Dart a little more time to throw the football? 150. Oh, you think it's that much? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is a good Alabama defense. I think they they are good on the defensive line. I see. I saw the way that Tulane was able to kind of work against that Ole Miss offensive line, and plus one fifty gets means Judkins probably got his, and that that's something Ole Miss fans want to see at this point. They need to see yeah. their superstar running back running the football the way he did a season ago. Because if it doesn't happen after week four, Which you start getting into Alabama is it ever year? going to. He didn't, but it starts becoming, is it ever going to happen? Is he okay? Was it one and done for him? Yeah. Um, Texas had 105 yards on the ground, and Quinn Ewers was not sacked. Alabama did not have a single sack of Quinn, uh, Quinn Ewers, and Texas ran it for 105. Um, and, and when I say that last year Judkins didn't really get it going, it, it's not that they didn't use him. Because you remember, was that the game where they didn't have him on the field at the end of the game, and people were like, "Why is he not?" Alabama a year ago. Yeah. Yes, that when 
because he carried it the, 25 times. He had 135 yards against Alabama. So he, okay, I, he I had the long corrected. run that got them down the field, and then for the, la- the the last four plays of that possession, he didn't touch the That's ball. What it was. That's what it was. And Kiffin said he was too gassed to to get the ball, and we talked a lot about that that Monday. Yeah, I might have I might have tested him on whether or not he was too gassed. Like I hear you, get a drink of water now. Go. But it changed the play calling sequence too, right? It did because he couldn't be out there on first down, and he didn't have a positive play on first down to get a little bit closer, and so it kind of changed what you did on second, third, and fourth down. Anyway, but yeah, I stand correct. He carried it twenty five times for one hundred thirty five yards last year, and Ole Miss had one ninety one on the ground. If Ole Miss rushes the ball for one hundred ninety one yards and throws for two twelve this year, do the Rebels win? Yes. 191 yards and 212 yards passing. Is that enough? It's going to be close. (laughs) Almost had much more offensive production in that game a year ago than Bama did. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV, but they didn't have Bryce Young. We'll be right back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Let's see here. Uh, Ceasefire text line. Do you think Judkins has been holding back or do you think he's been injured? Been holding back. Holding back on a football field is a good way to get injured for real. Like, never come back injured. What are, we, what are we talking about there? I am curious yeah. to see kind of the chess match here. Because somebody texted earlier, do you think Alabama can do the, the two-lane game plan? And uh, Ole Miss is not going to try to attack Alabama the same way they tried Tulane. Like, if Alabama tries to just copy and paste what Tulane did, they're going to get beat. They, they, they won't do that. Um, but I am curious to see what the, the chess ma- match looks like a little bit now that, although it's not been confirmed... Ole Miss is going to have their actual tight end play in this game. How much does his presence actually help in the running game? Uh, How much does it help in the pass? How are they going to use him? At Memphis, he was basically a complete tight end. I mean, he is a true, very traditional tight end, plays close to the line of scrimmage, can go out, catch passes, physical. He's like 6'6", 260. I mean, huge guy. Traditional tight end. We don't know yet how Ole Miss is going to use Caden Priestcorn. That's good and bad, though. It's good because you can surprise Alabama with his usage. It's bad, though, because you, you haven't had a chance to work on that, especially post-injury, kind of get the kinks out for him. And it, it could take him a little bit to kind of get back into the swing of playing football, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. But how they plan on using him in this game is fascinating because Michael Trigg and Kyron Heath are not Priestcorn. They are different kinds of tight ends. 
And so how healthy is he? He's going to play, but is he full go, 100%? And how do they plan on using him? For the first time this year, we get a look at that. There are a lot of people that have thrown this out at, at us on the ceasefire text line, heard that Milrow was suspended, that he broke a team rule and Saban sat him. Have you guys heard that? It, yes, have heard it over and over and over all week long. I have no way of knowing. None. All I know is that Jalen Milrow was dressed fully and was on the sideline and looked like a great teammate. I, you know. There were there was a lot of Jalen Hurts characteristic in the way that Jalen Milrow handled being benched on Saturday against South Florida. A lot. <clears throat> so I, I I don't know. Maybe he did break a team rule. Maybe he didn't practice well. Maybe he pouted for half the week and then somebody talked to him and he got it together before game day. I, I have no idea, and I don't think there's any way for us to know that. I certainly have heard people wonder that out loud, but, again, I don't think there's any way to, to verify. Hey, Dad, you, you gave a couple of comparisons earlier. Somebody said he's the Alabama version of Kellen Mond. That doesn't really feel like a yeah, compliment, but Mond, I mean, Mond it, was okay. He's okay. He was really good his last year there. So, Yeah. We get poor man's Cam Newton. Oh, geez. Okay. Let's pump our brakes here. If you're talking poor, you're talking like millions in debt. Yeah, really really poor. Like homeless man's, like I said. Yeah. Josh is saying that he's Blake Sims. Man, Blake Sims put up really good numbers in 2014. Josh said he's like Blake Sims without Amari Cooper. That's the thing. There's. Yeah. Does Alabama have a wide receiver that you think will be a star in the NFL? Or does Alabama have a wide receiver that you can name? That is the most fascinating part of this team to me. The, the, Jermaine Burton still, don't they? Yes, they do. But their skill, their skill players. You had to think for a minute, though. Just don't. I did. There's another one I can't remember. Jacory something. It's kind of the point I'm making. But it's not. Yeah, it's not Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, and Jalen Waddle anymore. Yeah. No. No. And in, in saying all this, there's still a great chance they win. I mean, they're a favorite for a reason. That's what's so funny about this. Alabama's a favorite for a reason. There, there's a lot of confidence around here in Ole Miss's up chances to win this game, and I understand that Alabama's looked like crap. Uh, you're better at quarterback getting healthier, stuff like that. I get it. But, man, it's still Tuscaloosa, Alabama, a place that you've only won twice ever, and it's still a defensive front that has five stars all over it, and they're healthier this week than they were last week there. It is still going to be a remarkable challenge. That, that, Frankly, it's going to take Jackson Dart being as good as he's ever been to win this game. Not to oversimplify one player and put it all on his shoulders, but Dart's going to have to be as good as he's ever been if Ole Miss is going to go there and win. It's still a remarkable challenge, despite Alabama being, quote-unquote, down. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, just so much there. There's there's so much there. But so you know much. what? There's so much there in Columbia, South Carolina also. It It's a different type game, right? Because it's not Alabama. I mean, we're, we're, we're not talking about it. And, and you got two teams who desperately need a win. Desperately need a win. So... Hey, Dad, let, let's just start this the way, same way we started the conversation about all this. If state fans are going to be happy at 10 o'clock on Saturday night, obviously that would mean they won the game. And I'm curious what that's going to look like if it happens. Yeah. Well, first off, I think state fans, maybe happy is not the right word. But if State lost, I, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong because the defense has been bad these last couple of weeks too. They want to see improvement. There. I was thinking if they lost a game where the offense was just clicking and, and South Carolina just had the last possession and won, they would might be okay. But no, nah, I guess I'm, that's not correct either. Is what is a, a State win? Yeah, I don't think I do. So a State win looks like I think like the Arizona game, forcing turnovers. A uh, couple of big plays, and and you know you just kind of you know when when you have to have the win, you get you get the play that you make the play that gets you the win. Close game, back and forth, a lot of drama. That's how state state would win. I don't, there's I don't think state can go over there and just blow them out. Okay, so we know that Spencer Rattler Rattler was sacked nine times. In the opener. Nine times. Nine times against North Carolina. And we know that he was really pressured against Georgia. And to me, that's what makes this all the more impressive. He is 77 of 108. That's 71.3% and has only thrown two interceptions. So here's my question. Is there any reason to believe that Spencer Rattler cannot complete 70% of his passes against Mississippi State on Saturday night? Not after what I saw last weekend, because State couldn't pressure Jaden Daniels and they couldn't cover anybody either. So, you know, if, if I'm Zach Arnett, my, my, my thought process has got to be we got we got to get after the quarterback. All right, we're going we're gonna to play a little bit more man. We're gonna put maybe put ourselves in some situations where we get beat deep, but hey, we're getting beaten deep, getting beaten deep anyway on these situations where we're giving up ten yards of cushion, and they're still getting behind us. So bring bring the blitz, bring the heat on Spencer Rattler, and see what you can do. But that being said, I think it sure has the ability it, to, to go to big plays, doesn't it? It does. It does. But I mean, look what you did last week. Whatever that game plan was, it gave up big plays. So you can't repeat that. But wasn't that kind of couldn't get home with the rush and still played some one-on-one on the outside and got beat on it? Well, now you're you're hopeful that South Carolina's offensive line, which we know isn't as good as LSU's, but is it better than Mississippi State's defense? Oh, wait, wait, you're talking about State's offense, not, not South Carolina's offense. Have we gotten confused here? I'm talking about South Carolina being able to hit big plays over Mississippi State's defense. Okay, well, you just confused me because you said State's offensive line. 
You're talking about State's defensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what threw me. I asked is South Carolina's offensive line better than State's defensive line. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. (laughs) That answer should be no, by the way. They they should, should not be, be based on what they have no. uh, presented. The the guy in our YouTube comments um, kind of told on himself. By the way, was like Furman had seven tackles for loss, and so did Georgia. Does do you think Mississippi State's defense is better than Georgia's? And I wanted to reply, I didn't. No, but they're better than Furman's. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back with you. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Jason says, at this point I'll be happy if State can get through the game without the whole team looking lost at various times in differing positions. Just show me competence and something that can be built on. Last week was just a disgusting display. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that, so. Ben says, hope they show improvement. State has looked shaky. Isn't it interesting that for three weeks in a row, it, it's the same style of quarterback? Now, I think Rattler and Daniels are a little bit different than Delora, but it's it's guys that are really athletic and elusive, but they want to throw the football. And State had trouble with the first two. And here comes Spencer Rattler with the ability to escape pressure and keep composure and still distribute the football down the field. Um, I don't know much about Arizona up front, but based on what I've seen from South Carolina, there's no way they're they're worse. So that's a, a positive for State. But that is really interesting that, that they have yet to get a break from the very athletic, elusive quarterback that is still able to keep his eyes downfield and throw the football and make explosive plays guy. They haven't gotten that break yet. Yeah. And then next week it's Milrow. He's the worst passer of the of the three, of the four, though. So there's a little I break. I don't there. know anything about a. I don't know anything about Western Michigan's quarterback to tell you on the on the seventh yet. But I'll, I'll have that information when the time comes. I promise. When, when the time comes, we'll be able to get there. Richard knows more about him than I do. Yeah, you've seen him. Can he run? <sighs> no, they're terrible. Well, good. There's there's the break. Two weeks from now. Yeah. Great news. They're 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 bad. Yeah, I mean Syracuse toyed with them, and I mean, no, that's that's not an issue. So, hey, tell me about this. State was always supposed to lose these three games. The sky was falling at times last year, and it turned out okay. They're struggling right now, but that's why we play the games, all of them. State okay, was so always supposed to lose these three games. That's the first part of that. If you listen to Brian Haydad's prediction, yeah. I had State 2-3 and three at the end of this month. Okay, so the net is true. 
Yeah. But this is one of those where you got to watch it looked the game. is like yeah, but yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they didn't look like a they didn't look like an SEC team against LSU. They like LSU. I mean, playing an FCS team. So there's that, and then you know what the other part of that is. He, he's correct in that. I mean, last year after the Kentucky game. I mean, go back and rewatch the Kentucky game if, if you can stomach it, because that game state looks absolutely putrid from from start to finish. The only bright spot is is Emmanuel Forbes having that pick six. That state couldn't move the football at all in that game. Go back and watch the Alabama games; they couldn't move the football at all in that game. And before you say it's Alabama, well, Arkansas and Ole Miss and and Texas A and M and Auburn all moved the football in Alabama. Mississippi State was the only West team that couldn't do it. So, yeah, I mean, you 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 can kind of write things off as look. They played a really good LSU team that was locked in. They played. It was a, a combination of LSU playing really well and State playing really poorly. But if State gets back to its to what it can do best, they can win any. They can beat anybody they play the rest of the year. I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but you can say it. But they can't play the way they played last weekend. And what I said, remember two weeks ago, I said. Before they played uh, LSU, I was like, they can't play the way they played last weekend against Arizona and win. Well, State didn't play the way they played against Arizona. They played worse. Worse. Yeah, and that's how they end up losing 41-14. They got palindromed. And and the thing is, right, I mean, a month from now, six weeks from now, we might look up and go, you remember that crazy talk after after week three when they looked so bad? It really is amazing the turnaround that this team has made. Or six weeks from now, you can look up and go, we really probably should have known this after week three. They told on themselves right out of the gate. But it was like we had to see it play out for a little. We have no idea. And how many times did we do the, okay, what are the questions that we've got going into the season? We do that a lot. Like we every every off season, we do that a lot. I don't know how many of those questions have been answered yet. None yet. I mean, not no, not no. many. So, I mean, it is a- only a- three A&M, games. A and M. We don't really know yet. We still don't really know. We know they didn't play very well against Miami. The offense has been pretty good. Defense has has been a problem. We don't know about Arkansas. We're starting to kind of think that Arkansas might not be very good. I don't think we know about Florida. Yeah, pretty ugly loss at Utah. Pretty good win at home against Tennessee. Are they figuring it out? Kentucky's three and oh, they hadn't played anybody. We got no idea. All right, newsflash, Georgia's good. But they've been kind of lackluster. Auburn doesn't look great, but they've managed to win. Missouri may be a little above expectations, but it took a walk off field goal. Vandy's probably a touch worse than we were giving them credit for. Yeah, for sure. Which is That's the real LSU? Which is the real LSU? The one that played in Starkville last week or the one that played Florida State in week one? I, mean, I think LSU's pretty good. The, the truth, I think, is in between those two. So I disagree with you. I knew you were going to say that, too. But Me? I think it's the one we saw. Last, no, no, Borky. I think it's the LSU we saw last week. I think they're that good. I think they are going to run rat, run havoc over the SEC the rest of the year. 
and they can give Georgia a, a, a real test. Ole Miss is 3-0. They got two pretty decent wins, but it's two pretty decent wins against the best, probably the best power, uh, pro, Tulane probably the best group of five team. We think, maybe. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Let I mean, I, I saw bowl projections today that had them making the 12-team playoff in theory, so they'd be the highest-ranked group of five team right now. All right, so that's a pretty good win. They beat a middle-of-the-pack ACC team against Georgia Tech at home. But we don't know yet. I always feel like group of, group of five teams, it's like really anybody can beat anybody. Like we could look up in a few months and South Alabama is that team. I, I just I don't know. I mean, they beat the brakes off of Oklahoma State. By the way, Mike yeah. Gundy gave a quote this week about that where he said that uh, South Alabama is good because they have guys that don't have NIL deals on their team. If I was an Oklahoma State fan, I would have called for his termination the second he said that. Done. If you think that that teams are better with players that don't get paid on them, you can't coach my team anymore. Because the whoever wins the national championship this year will have a roster worth millions of dollars. Whoever it is. So yeah. you better get in the game or get out, Gundy slash Dabo. I don't think we know about Tennessee yet, but the early returns aren't great. We know more about them than we do Ole Miss, I think. I don't know that we really know about Alabama yet because of the uncertainty at quarterback and how ultimately Jalen Milrow is going to shake out and whether or not they're going to figure out the problems they've got on the offensive line. But to bring it back full circle, first state, we need to know now, though. It needs to happen now. There's no more buffer. This is not a game because I thought South Carolina was going to be better than they are. If you go there and lose, then I think we know, frankly. If they lose ugly, now if they go there and they play well and it's close, maybe we can still have another week of this, but it has to start right now with Alabama and LSU still on the schedule, with Texas A&M still on the schedule, with a road trip to Fayetteville, and I know Arkansas is not great, but if you're not beating South Carolina and Columbia, are you confident you're beating Arkansas and Fayetteville? So it's got to start now. They've got to look different Saturday. All right, hey, Dad, I, th- this this sounds poor mouth downer. I don't mean it to. If State plays the way they play, no, no, if State plays the way they played last week against LSU, yeah. is there another win on their schedule outside of Western Michigan and Southern Miss? If they played like they did last week. Nec- I wouldn't even necessarily say Southern Miss if they played like they played last week. They can't beat they can't beat 90% of the of the world playing like that. They can beat the worst of the worst, but that's it. If they played the way they played against Arizona, they could maybe beat Auburn. Don't think you can win at Arkansas playing like that? No. Maybe you get it done against Arkansas, Kentucky at Arkansas home. Could run it on you. Maybe, maybe. So it's got to get better fast. Mm-hmm. It's got to get better fast. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We're back with you right after this. Junction in the Grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We um, we got some messages coming in on the C Spire text line. We remind you that Sports Talk is brought to you in part by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Check them out online at genteelapparel.com. Free shipping on orders over $150, and you can get 10% off your order simply by entering your email address. They've got new arrivals for fall. That includes some long sleeve sports shirts, some new patterns in golf shirts, got some new pullovers, quarter zips, and um, just some really good stuff all the way around. Again, you can find all of that online at genteelapparel.com or visit one of the uh, Ben's Specialty Stores that carries Genteel across the state of Mississippi, places like... Uh, T. Sappington and Company. Sappington's, like we saw yesterday in New Albany, just from uh, where we were. Abraham's in Cleveland. Claude Julian's in Kosciuszko. MLM in Tupelo. Shirley Dogs in Corinth. The Well-Dressed Man in Brookhaven. And Oxbow, if you are in the Memphis area. Genteelapparel.com. Let's see here. By the way, as a Bama fan... Reality says that Ole Miss is the much better team on Saturday. He also said, I'm a true Bama fan, but was at the MSU-LSU game. MSU made LSU look better than they are. MSU, a lot of SUs in there, will look different Saturday. They'll have white uniforms on. Hardy, hard, hard. That's what he said there at the end. A little knee slapper. But I do, I do, I do dis, I disagree. I think LSU is really, really good. I think state, if State had played its best game, they were still, they would have lost. It wouldn't have been 41-14, but it might have been 41-24 or something like that. Very good. I'm very curious to see what they do to help Will Rogers early. Because, you know, elements of the air raid that frustrated people were the short passes, but I feel like you need to start the game and just let him get into a rhythm. Throw, throw him just high percentage stuff because there, there were points in that game where say what you will uh, about Will Rogers, if you think he's the best or the worst or somewhere in between, he, he was missing on routine throws badly. Uh, I mean, throwing 10-yard outs, there, there was one in particular that he threw like uh, above the heads of everybody on LSU's bench. And it's like, okay, he's better than that. That that is That is a mental thing. That is not a physical thing. He was rattled. He completely rattled. rattled. And this is the kind of environment that can... Rattle you now. He's experienced. He's played in tough places before. But if you're rattled at home, that then you certainly still are capable of being rattled there too. I, I'm curious to see if Barbe just little little short passes, just get him into a rhythm. Let him throw a pass and complete a pass, and then build up some confidence. 
and then start opening things up a little bit. Just kind of go easy early to let him get comfortable into the game so you don't have a similar circumstance like you did last week where he was not playing, clearly not playing to his capability. Yeah. Confidence matters so much at that position. Um, un, uh, unrelated. Hey, Dad, I have to leave the show now. I'm not talking about me. This is a, a message on ceasefire. I'm headed to coach a youth soccer game. It is the first time I have ever done it, done it or even watched a soccer game. Please feel free to send me tips. I said I just wanted. I didn't know how old these kids are. First and foremost, because if you say like they're under eight, I'm going to be like, just just good luck. Try to tell them that the sport Ooh. is called soccer and not follow the ball. Yeah, yeah. We're, Ten to fourteen. Okay, now you 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 can you can coach them a little bit. I'd play three at the back. Let's get some attackers on the field, and let's get out there. Let's play out of the back. Try to break them down. He says he says he's in over, over his head. Uh, yeah. He said, my son is nine, so I thought I was coaching nine to ten-year-olds, but it's actually ten to fourteen. And that's a heck of an age range in soccer. That's Because that is skill level for ten-year-old versus fourteen-year-old. Huge. And at, at 14, I think if you're still playing soccer, like youth league soccer, you're expecting to get coaching and development. So <laughs> I would suggest, you know what, I'm going to send him a YouTube link. I've got one for him. Okay. I'm going to send him one. Yeah. Is it uh, Ted Lasso? It is not. It is Sean Dyche. Ah. Um, and again, the message, didn't State start with a quick 9-10 to 10 yard pass first last week to try and get him rolling and it didn't work out? Yeah, it was. I mean, Zach Arnett talked about that in his weekly press conference. I think it was a 12-yard gain on the first play of the game for Mississippi State offensively. And then he said they missed a block on the running play on first down, that, so it went nowhere. Yeah, and that but, was actually the same play that they got a big run on later in the ball game that they blocked correctly. Yeah. So Arnett, then, Arnett, Arnett addressed that in the press conference, yeah. Then what would you suggest they do? Just let them air it out deep and throw a bunch of incompletions and then start the game at a deficit? I mean, just because it I'm, didn't work against LSU doesn't mean you don't try to get them comfortable against South Carolina. Run your offense. Run it the way you want to run it. And if Will Rogers can't run it the way you want to run it, then you got to make a change. I keep hearing run your offense. I don't know what that offense is. I really don't know what it is. Five o'clock hour, college football fix coming up next. Hey guys, what happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi for the 5 o'clock hour in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, it's the home of 
The Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas, two courses that you can play, two courses that you're going to love, especially this time of year. You can go to DancingRabbitGolf.com and book your tee time today. That's DancingRabbitGolf.com. If um, you want to join us, you can uh, hit us up on the C Spire text line at 601 879 4395. That's 601-879-4395. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Time for the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Great savings on the F-150. It's the tail end of Ford, uh, the summer sales event. You can test drive an F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. When coaches don't say anything, especially in press conference settings, we get frustrated. Oh, that's just coach speak. Doesn't say anything. What a waste of time. And then when coaches do say stuff, they get vilified. What was this moron thinking? He's providing bulletin board material. Why would you say that? You're poking the bear. How dare you? It's the greatest coach of all time. You just made it personal. All those things. I'm not sure you can have it both ways. So which way do you want it? Do you want it milk toast? Say nothing, boring, dry. Or do you want Mike Norvell to tell ESPN that when they go into a room, they take their hat and their sunglasses off because that's how their mother raised them? Do you want Lane Kiffin to tweet subtle messages about Taylor Swift and talk about the empire crumbling and the fact that they're getting secret information from the Alabama coaching staff. Do you want Dan Lanning to say, eh, Colorado? Wait, what if they won? Yeah, not really a big deal that they're leaving the conference. Which, which is it? Which do you want? It does crack me up that there are real human people out there that think that the difference in the Ole Miss-Alabama game Saturday will be Lane Kiffin's tweets. Oh, are you poking the bear? You woke Alabama up? I mean, come on. This is fun. And if Ole Miss gets beat badly, guess who's going to get made fun of for the next few days? Lane Kiffin. He's he's inviting this on himself. Jay Norvell got, well, kind of, got a taste of that medicine when Colorado beat his team. Now, it took double overtime, but he got beat. So he talked, and his team played well, but they got beat. Isn't this what sports are supposed to be? Little entertainment? College football is fun, right? The difference between college football and the NFL is that college football is more chaotic. That that is That is the biggest difference. It's... Tradition, it's environments, it's chaos. The NFL is more corporate, more structured, far fewer mistakes, more buttoned up. So when you've got a coach that's doing a little bit of poking, 
Why do we tell him he's an idiot when he's entertaining all of us? I don't understand it. You got the same people that love professional wrestling that think that the coach better shut up. It's it's weird. It's like you are entertained by heels, and then a college football coach is one, and you don't want him to be that anymore. Deion Sanders is inviting ridicule when they get beat by four touchdowns on Saturday. But I'm glad he's doing it. I'm glad he's talking. I'm glad he wears his sunglasses and does all this because it's entertaining as hell. And I and I have watched more Colorado football in three weeks than I have in thirty years. This is what college football is supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun and entertaining. And if somebody's going to talk a little junk before a game, make fun of him when he gets beat in that game. I don't see the harm in any of this. What do you think, Hayden? Well, you know I'm a grumpy old man, first and foremost. So I think, that being said, I think all this is great except for the stuff Kiffin does. That's that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> You're so no, predictable. I, you, you, you know I enjoy smack talk. You know I enjoy... Uh, when, 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 when there's, there's back and forth. I always talk about, like, on social media, I love it when the, uh, the, the, the official accounts have something snarky to say after the games. I like it when, when coaches, you know, take part and become part of the joke. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. So, can it go too far sometimes? Sure. But, by and large, what happened, uh, with last week with Jay Norvell? I don't know if what what's exactly is happening there, but I do know that I enjoyed it and I enjoyed Dion getting into it, and then I, I it made me I was already tuning in, but it it had me locked in for Colorado Colorado State. Yeah, and, and the only thing wrong with the the Norvell Coach Prime thing was how the media, some media, reacted to that. That that was the issue. I I, I thought. Dion's response and the bringing the team in and talking about it's personal. I liked that. I thought that was kind of cool. And honestly, I liked the confidence in Jay Norvell to take a shot at Dion with a much lesser football team yeah. that, that again showed up and played well. They lost, but man, they played well. Nobody expected Colorado State to play like that on the road, and they did. Brian Kelly, somebody brought it up on the text line. I like that he said on his coach's show, we're going to beat the heck out of FSU, or out of Florida State. And then when you get beat, you make fun of I don't like that he tried to walk it back. And I don't like yes. that he tried to walk it back. That was loser behavior. Yeah. That That is exactly correct. But uh, th- this, this Kiffin deal, man, the only way that it's a mistake is if you get beat badly. That's the only time that it really comes back to where everybody makes fun of you, right? But... I like the spice. I like getting in Nick Saban's head and telling him that there's people in his program that are moles, that are revealing information that he doesn't want out. And then if Kiffin wins, oh, buddy, the the taunting is what it will be. He taunted Nick Saban all week long and then beat him. It's an alpha move. And then if he loses, he taunted Nick Saban all week and got beat. What an idiot. But I'm glad we get to talk about it either way. 
if if Ole Miss wins, what will Lane Kiffin be post game? A taunter? Or will it, uh, will he be a gracious winner? It'll be all praise for Nick Saban in Alabama if they win, right? Absolutely. Like, here's where he'll troll. Here's my guess. He will overpraise to the point where he's letting everybody know, hey, I beat this guy. He's the best coach ever. This is the best environment ever. And we won. That's what he did. He did the same thing after Tennessee. Remember the way he acted after Tennessee? It'll be the same. He didn't take a single shot at Tennessee fans, not one. He, he didn't take a single shot at them. All he did was talk about how great the environment was, and and I won. Hold up the golf ball and smile at the camera. That's what he'll do here, too. Yeah. It'll be just ever so subtle. And uh, somebody said, y'all like that Prime said it's personal, but you don't think bulletin board material is legit? Uh Jay Norvell saying that is not why Colorado won that game. I'm sorry. Like, it went to two overtimes. So, you're, you're suggesting that had Jay Norvell not said that, his team would have won? No. And the truth is, Colorado State beat them pretty handily for most of the game. They ran right out up of, until the point where they didn't. Ran out of gas and players. Colorado had more than they did. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Ceasefire text line, if Ole Miss wins, it's a big game against LSU we need to prepare for. I mean I, I don't think he'll I don't think he'll do the moving on thing. I don't think so. You can't they'll wait, they'll wait till a Sunday teleconference or a Monday to talk about moving on. Mm-hmm. The coolest thing about having a good football team that wins is that each game gets progressively bigger. You're like, oh, it's the biggest game ever. And if you win it, you're like, oh, wow, now this week's bigger. That's your college football fix driven by Ford. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Back on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You can join us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Hey, if you're thinking about a new truck, and sometimes I feel like when we say, like, hey, if you're thinking, if you're in the market for a new truck, and like that's kind of a flippant purchase. I understand you don't just like wake up one morning and be like, hey, today I'm going to go get a new truck. I just want you to put this in the back of your mind. When it's time, when it's time for a new vehicle, especially if you're looking for a new truck, I would really encourage you to uh, to check out what's going on at Belk Ford. Really good selection, really good people, easy to get to. They're on Highway 6 West in Oxford, just west of town. And they're going to take care of you. They'll give you the best deal that you can get. Whatever incentives are available, they'll, they'll take care of you on that. 
They'll do the best they can on your trade-in. They'll get you the best financing option available. they get service after the sale from the little stuff like oil changes and tire rotations and that pesky check engine light to big stuff. And it doesn't really matter even if you bought a vehicle from them. They'll take care of you in the service department. And there's peace of mind knowing that they're not going anywhere. They've been in business as a family company for well over 100 years. They've been a Ford dealership since 1961. And it's not just new vehicles, it's used vehicles as well. I'm 43. The first vehicle I got from Belk Ford in Oxford was when I was 17. I've kind of flipped through vehicles a lot through the years. Make your jokes. I know, hey, Dad, I get it. I, it it's, it's a fault. It's the understatement of the day. I mean, it's like when I walk up, the sales guy at Belk smiles because he's like, hey, hey, Mr. Richard, what what are you thinking about today? I'm just looking. No, really, what are you thinking about? We, but Mr. Cross has put all seven of my kids through college. Yeah, I don't know about that. Point is, I bought a lot of vehicles <laughs> over the course of the last 25 years, and the overwhelming majority of them have been from Belk Ford uh, because they've been good to me, and they'll be good to you as well. So check them out, belkford.net, or visit them on Highway 6 West in Oxford and tell them you heard about them, Belk Ford, on Sports Talk Mississippi. All right, Borky, you asked me a question during the break, and you yeah. fe- I-, I think this is one that we should float. If you were Ole Miss and you had to choose, I've got one for State as well. If you had to choose oh, yeah. one of these next two games, you can only win one. You're going to win one and you're going to lose one. Hey, Lane Kiffin, which one? Uh, not a bad example because emotion says Alabama. If you were the coach of Ole Miss football, and no, 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 not even if you're the coach. No, you, you, you just be you. You be you. Which game would you rather win? And hey, Dad, Alabama or LSU? Thing. You have to answer first. Would you rather Ole Miss beat Alabama this weekend or beat LSU next weekend? Ah, that's a tough one. I think I'm going to go LSU. Okay, I'm going LSU. Because that's the, same, that's the same answer that I gave Borky. See if our reasons are yeah. are, are similar. Well, they aren't. They, there's no way they're going to be. Okay, <laughs> if it's Brian Haydad's reasoning, I mean, I can't deal with a week of Ole Miss having beaten Alabama. What am I supposed to do on this show for a week of Ole Miss beating Alabama? I, I, I'll be miserable. So yeah, get get the win next week. Let's let's you know knock them down a peg. But at the same time, wouldn't you rather have the home win? These are both great teams, Alabama and LSU, right? Wouldn't you rather have this beat LSU in front of your home crowd? I think that's what you would pick. Yeah. So that's part of the reason. For me, it's – I mean, Ole Miss yeah. has been just kind of okay at home over the last few years. It's not a like a dominating home record. You remember home wins forever, especially against a team like LSU. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if I could have – like. If I could handle the entire situation, I'd say play well, feel good about how you played. Maybe you get screwed at the end in a loss to Alabama. And then you come home and you right. beat LSU the next week in front of a massive crowd, places rocking. But but here's why. Because you got to turn around and host Arkansas seven days after that. Yeah, that's a good point. 
And having back-to-back losses to Alabama and LSU going into that game, and good grief, that thing gets tight. And you, you need- and there's a, there's one more element to it. Beating LSU means more to Ole Miss fans. It just does. Yeah, there is a long, long history there, and it's just a cool thing. You need the, uh, to lose to Alabama. <laughs> You need it. You need to lose to Alabama, where the refs screw you. Just blown call that cost you a touchdown there at the end. That's what you need. Yeah. So, so everybody's saying we won that game. We're going to kick LSU's. You know what? And, and then you do it. That's what you need. Ceasefire text line: LSU seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Pull a Richard Cross and take the week off. Hey, Deb. <laughs> Uh, an Alabama win with somewhere. confidence. Yeah, but you're not playing the game the right way. I said you can only win one of those two games. Yeah, you're going to lose the other. If you win against other. Alabama and then you lose to LSU, your confidence is right out the window. CC in Senatobia says, nope, got to beat Bama. Y'all are forgetting how Kiffin derailed after Bama last year. That did happen. It's, it's not really it true. But in this scenario, that doesn't happen. Yeah. True, you yeah. You lose to Alabama, but you win against LSU. Zach and Oxford says LSU is our biggest rival outside of state. Of course, the LSU win would be bigger, especially at home and leading into Arkansas. Or Arkansas, as he said. All right. So what is your state question? So slightly different. It's uh, it's not okay. picking two wins. Okay. It's something else. Which, uh, which head coach is Saturday's game more important for? The head coach, not the program, not the team, the head coach. Yeah. Okay, so if if Beamer loses, right, they're probably going to be one and four because I think they'll lose to Tennessee next week, right? And then it becomes they still have to play Clemson, they still have to play Missouri, who's better this year, they still have to play Florida, who I don't know what they are at this point, but I mean they're probably they're they're getting to a bowl is going to be really tough if they lose this game, and he's in year three, so it becomes the question of okay. Were those last two games of the year a fluke, and he's just a six and six coach? And you know, I, I just don't see a scenario where Arnett's getting going to be on the hot. I mean, he'll be on a he'll be under pressure, but are we going to say he's on the hot seat after one year, unless he goes four and eight or something like that? So I'm going to say Beamer, but Arnett could definitely use a win. Hmm. I, I I tend to agree with you. I think it's Beamer too. the The people over there are getting restless. Like an old antsy. Because is it just a gimmick? That that's the question. That's been, it's anecdotal, but that's what has been asked to me. Like, hey, do you think he's just like gimmicky? And my answer was honestly, right now, yeah, I do think that. I do because the recruiting has changed, but he's got an identical record to Will Muschamp at this period of time as a head coach at that program. He has elevated nothing so far at South Carolina. Recruiting, yes, but recruiting's only good if that turns into players on the field that win games. Ask Texas A&M. By the way, Kyle says beating Bama in Tuscaloosa does not have an equal. I mean, I've seen it once, and it was pretty cool. And you would be the death blow. That would be the death blow to the Nick Saban era of dominance. 
if they fall to two and two with L with the rest of the SEC still on their schedule, including we LSU, we haven't talked about this. I kind of alluded to it with Ryan, and he didn't really take the bait on there when we were talking about with Ryan Brown earlier. Have you guys seen how a lot of the media that covers Alabama has kind of taken some of the Lane Kiffin stuff personally? It, it, it's kind of been funny. Now, I'm not talking about, like, I don't know. I don't know who I'm talking about. I mean, I kind of do, but I, I've just seen several instances of, like, it's like, a jilted lover or something. Like, they love to kind of, oh, yeah, well, when Lane was here, he won a national championship as the offensive coordinator, and he changed the direction of Alabama football under Nick Saban. Is that too big of a statement, hey, Dad? Mm, No. Someone like Lane Kiffin had to come in, and I don't know how many people there are like Lane Kiffin, that was stubborn enough but also tough enough and kind of smart aleck enough to drag Nick Saban through that offensive change. And he did it. And he left. They kind of got mad about how he left. He's kind of had some success, and he's kind of grabbed some headlines. It's it's a weird dynamic with people that cover Alabama and Lane Kiffin. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Ole Miss is doing the stripe out against Arkansas. It's a little thing, but but credit where it is uh, where it is due. They uh, they took the two visitor sections and made sure that the stripes for those sections are red. That's so, smart. That's how you got to do good, it. Good, good thinking there. Um, and then the entire student section. So so they're doing. So last year it was red and navy. This year it's red and powder blue, and they've got the entire student section powder blue. So, it'll be cool. I didn't even looked at the schedule that weekend to try and take a guess as to what time kickoff will be for that game. Have you guys? That's the uh, that's next. That's two weeks from now, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the week week six. Yes, first week. So you got Kentucky at Georgia. Okay. LSU at Missouri. Alabama at Texas A and M. Arkansas at Ole Miss. Vandy at Florida, Western Michigan at Mississippi State. So Alabama Ole Miss, the winner of that game, will have the two thirty game. Uh, ooh, I'm gonna say Alabama A and M is two thirty on CBS. Period. Regardless, give, I think if, given, if Ole Miss wins, don't do you, or do you pull the uh, you take the the extension to see if Ole Miss can beat LSU? I don't know. I'm going to say Kentucky at Georgia is at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Alabama-Texas A&M is at 2.30 on CBS. 
Um, Vandy at Florida is at 11 on the SEC network. Western Michigan, Mississippi State's at 3 on the SEC network. LSU, Missouri is the SEC network primetime game, and Arkansas Miss is on ESPN at night. That's just a guess. I guess you just as easily could put Arkansas Ole Miss in that 11 o'clock slot. Yeah. You say state for 3 o'clock, the uh, yeah, hidden in plain sight SEC, SEC. Network. Yeah, that that seems right, yeah. Kind of kind of feels like Dave Neal and, I mean, and Derek Mason will be on the call for that one. Yeah. I mean, it's the only it's the only non conference game on the day, and it's it's a not a marquee non conference game. So yeah, no yeah. question about that. That's three o'clock. I mean, the only other option would be if they did some weird scheduling thing and decided to make that an ESPNU game. Could yeah. You know, you could go like six. This is why on ESPNU. Why is this not the SEC Network Plus game? And USM, USM is the week the weekend of that game. That's an interesting game when you look at the rest of the schedule that weekend. Like, that should be on regular television. So that's the week 13 game. Correct. So that is... No, week week four, oh no, week 12. Week 12. Week 12. Sorry, week 12. Yeah. So you got Georgia-Tennessee. That's obviously the big game. you got Florida-Missouri, Kentucky-South Carolina... Then everybody else is non-conference, but state versus USM having the, the the history that it does is is easily the most interesting one. Of course, I don't know what state's going to be at that point. So, so there are three SEC plus games that weekend: Chattanooga at Alabama, Southern Miss at Mississippi State, Abilene Christian at Texas A and M. And they Look, make those calls, right? I mean, so they they decided yeah. that. Well, no, no, hold on. The, the conference in conjunction with ESPN decides which game is going to be the plus right, yeah. game, and then the schools get to decide what time the game is. Yeah. It, right. That's interesting. I'm, hmm. I, I don't – hey, Dad, you, you'll be proud of this. My guess is it doesn't happen, but I did put in a request. I'm like, hey, there are three SEC plus games that day, and you know it's not far to start for. I mean, be kind of – Cool to be able to call for that one if you know if there's an opportunity. And then I did I come not get a hard with a no. steel chair. I to come in the booth with a steel chair. I take your color guy out, and it's me and you on the call. Oh, oh yeah, oh buddy, and yeah. and you've made the Southern Miss fans mad now, so you'll just you'll double up. Everybody will hate you. It'll be great. Who yeah, is? I made him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there. You I made like one guy mad. Yeah. Oh, there's more. I've just muted some of them so you don't see them. Um. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, tweet to your heart's desire. We don't see it. Um, but, I see it. I don't. I haven't muted any of them. But yeah, that that'll actually be really cool uh, to have you on that call. And then you know what's going to happen? What always happens, especially after you call state basketball games? Oh wow, Richard, I, I, you were great on that. I didn't expect you to be great on the call. He was so professional. Yeah, he, he gave us so many compliments. I mean, he's still a jerk, but but I thought he did a great job. I hate that guy, but he was good. Man, he wow. seemed really prepared for that game. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the backhanded compliment bonanza. <laughs> That'll just be the whole show that Monday, just Richard yeah. getting backstabbed. People, people texted us like, Richard, I hate you on this show, but I thought you did a great <laughs> job Saturday. 
<laughs> I can't I can't wait to read them. Please let this game happen. Somebody says the Mississippi State and Southern game is SEC Network Plus and also ESPN Plus. Yes. Yeah. Okay. A- every game that is SEC Network Plus is also available on ESPN Plus. So, yeah, but still, it's good to know. I, I learned, by the way, that even the streaming companies are also shams. So we, we, we've seen the deal with the CARES disputes with the cable companies and saying it's ESPN's fault and call it, and everybody canceling and it being just a mess, right? Well, I uh, somebody hacked my, my debit card and made a large purchase from a woman's apparel store in Michigan. And so I caught that. What kind, of, what kind of women's apparel? Uh, it, so it's some kind of fraud company, but that's what they labeled the company as. But when the bank oh. did investigating, they realized that it doesn't exist, but that's what it was labeled as. Ah. I just didn't know if it was like a bunch of racy stuff. Oh, no. What uh, is E&J Entertainment? <laughs> a rather large purchase, and so I had to get a new T&E. debit card. And uh, they're starting to print those at the banks now, which okay, I appreciate that. I, hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. We will hear no more of this Borky. I don't have any money. He just emphasized multiple times it was a large purchase. Well, for me. And it was with his debit card. Therefore, (laughs) that means there was a lot of money in the account. A large purchase for me was $295. (laughs) Okay. So that that is what I constitute a very large purchase. Uh, But This uh, is where Richard needs to come in with, pal, I'll drop that at the Marriott tonight. So I had to go into all my accounts. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Drop into your account. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know why he didn't thought that was so funny. Because but... you had a hotel. You were prepared. You. Uh, it's his go-to. Uh, but anyway. So I had to to readjust, like I had to re-enter my card and everything that auto pulls. So like my water bill, my all that stuff auto pulls from the debit card. But I forgot to do Hulu, and so when it went to charge my old card, obviously it didn't work, and so it ended my Hulu service. And oh. and so I go in to adjust it, and for some reason, if your payment gets declined. They won't let you just, like, update your card and recharge it. That's the end of your account. So I had to create a new account for $15 cheaper a month. I picked the exact same package. I changed nothing about what I chose or what I got, and it was just automatically cheaper for me. The whole thing's a sham. All of it is. They just slap an arbitrary number on there and, oh, well, our price is increasing this month, and it's because of this, this, and this. That's all BS. So if you're a Hulu guy, if you're streaming on Hulu, cancel your account and make a new one in three seconds. You can use the same email address and password so nothing even logs out, and you'll save like $15 a month. You're welcome. 662 text, Borky's secret. (laughs) You know? I like Borky's of Hollywood better. I think that would be a better one. It's it's pretty good. (laughs) A little raunchier. Staying in a hotel in New Orleans this weekend I've never stayed in before. Which one? Virgin Hotel. Is it the Embassy Suites? No. Oh, that is super nice, though. I I didn't. Don't. Don't. I didn't do anything. It's super nice. I've I've seen I've seen the uh, the inside. Is, that, there. is it new? I don't, I don't think. 
It's it, I don't I don't know if it's new as as much as I think it's refurbished. I think it's an old hotel that they bought. I got you. And modernized. I could be wrong on that. Oh wow, you're right downtown. Yeah. Yeah. It's like three miles from Tulane's campus, I think. So there you go. Uh Bobby and Bates will say so cancel Hulu and save fifteen dollars. Got it. There you yeah. go. Just cancel and so are you on up. the show tomorrow? Are you on the yeah. show tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Driving early. Super. Can't complain. Hey, I'm looking forward to visiting with Willie Fritz in person tomorrow. Oh, that will be good. Yeah, that should be fun. You just you cannot find a person that will say a bad thing about him. And he got his quarterback pretty back. Hard if you come, I'll laugh pretty hard if you come back. You're like, you know, I talked to Willie Fritz, and let me tell you, what, what a, a jerk. jerk. <laughs> I'm finally, finally someone saying something bad about Willie Fritz. Richard Cross hates him. Sports Talk Mississippi, we will wrap it up with you on this Thursday coming up next right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi one last time. Good to be with you. <laughs> hey, it's feeling the Red Hot Chili Peppers. How come man? everybody want to keep it like the Kaiser? <laughs> what, Love um, that song. All right, so Lil Wayne was at the Colorado game last oh, week. Here we go. Wait, what? But, here we go. But <laughs> he was, what was the, the nickname? That he goes by now, L- little. I, like I can't remember what it is. Wait, Lil Wayne is who you're asking about? Yes, Wheezy. No, there's something else. Is there Jeezy? That, that's somebody else. Breezy. No, that's outside. Oh, jeez. Tunchy. Sleazy. Oh, sneezy. What, what did you That's say? Allergy season. No, no, no. Sne- the dwarf. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so when they were like, Lil Tunchi is at the game, I had to Google that. I was like, who is this? Like, seriously, that's that's how he was introduced. Is that not how you pronounce Lil it? Lil Tunchi. I don't know. Who are you asking this question? Look at us. Well, I, I understand that, but you guys are far more mainstream than I am. And that tells you to, something. Well, it does. But. Tolucci. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He says his grandmother gave him that nickname. So they were talking about Tunchi being at the game, but everybody was like, well, what? So I had to Google it. And I mean, I felt like a moron 
as that whole thing was. It doesn't change anything. I don't know. I just felt like I needed to admit that. But I feel a little bit better since you guys had no idea what I was talking about either. Not a clue. Very good. Yes, no clue. I know who Little Wayne is. I knew about him. I didn't know he yeah. was now Little Tanucci. <laughs> Tunchi. Like Little Toon? It doesn't matter. Chi. It doesn't matter what his name is. Or Taneki. Tanucci. Whatever. Anyway. Have you noticed, um, by the way, that uh, old Coach Prime, is he's definitely not trying to spark up some stuff with uh, Oregon this week? I-, I feel like the film told him some things. If you catch my drift. Yeah. Hmm. And it might just it might be good to just take a week to respect my opponent here because they're they're not gonna respect us very much. Can we say that okay, that's a, a feather in the cap of Dion for understanding the situation? Yeah. And not, not overplaying his hand. He's no dummy. He's no dummy. Yeah. He's 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 a really bright guy. <laughs> really is. Yeah. Um and and thoughtful too. I mean, anyway, uh, hearing Richard pronounce Lil Tunchi is the funniest thing I've heard all day. That's from Brian in Iuka. What 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 can we call Richard? Little what? We got to give him a new name. Oh, I think I see where this is going. Hey, Dad. No, I'm I, I'm like I'm like I don't actually have one on, on ready to roll. Oh, I, I thought you were making a funny or trying to make a funny. No, I am trying to make a funny, but I'm saying I don't have one locked in to, to call you. I'll think about it and get back to you. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Uh, NFL tonight? We, make, you, we can make uh, it a branding opportunity. We can make yeah. it a little genteel. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you locking in on, <laughs> you uh, on Giants up. and Niners tonight? I'll, I'll, I'll take a look. I'll watch all of it. Yeah, last week I said I was going to watch more NFL than college, and then I got into that dang uh, Memphis Navy game. So, but yeah, it was good. I pulled a little Boomhauer there. Well, that dang old, dang old Navy Memphis game, man, it was going out everywhere, and the interception and touchdown. Man. Oh yes, here here we have the suggestions coming in. A little quarters up. Got <laughs> <laughs> your money, young. <laughs> Little Richie, little qu- little quarters, <laughs> L- L- little quarters. It's pretty good. That's little really announcer. good. Oh uh, my goodness! No, Richard, I wasn't going there. Uh, that did not occur to me. Okay, little Rick or something <laughs> that rhymes with that says Dan in Hattiesburg. I say that's yeah. We're a family show here, guys. Uh, Dan in Hattiesburg also says it's been really nice having all of the Sunbelt games on one platform. When Southern Miss was in Conference USA, you never knew where to find their games or even if they would actually be aired. Yeah, there was like some Facebook streaming at one point. Hey, like for one year, wasn't that a thing? That's why yeah, it the Sunbelt right, yeah. was so big. Yeah, and yeah. Stadium, which it's like, I don't know where to get that. But yeah, now it's it's available on ESPN Plus or it's on television. One of those two things. Yeah, that's a yes. Just just one of the many reasons that Sunbelt was a, uh, a good plan. Sports Talk Mississippi, that does it for us on this Thursday afternoon. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. We will have a football Friday tomorrow. High school football. Final thoughts on the big college games of the weekend. A food Friday and so much more. For Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Good night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.